Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Hi, I'm Beverly Maxwell. And I'm glad to share with you this morning a message that I feel like the Lord had put upon my heart. So first of all, I want to pray. Uh, Father, let the words that I speak speak to others, Father, where they're at. And Father, let it, those that are listening now or will listen, Father, let it be an encouragement to them, Father, in what you're doing and how you're doing it. Amen. By the way, I've received permission from those that I'm sharing their story. I think that's really important. I think one time I didn't, and it was not good. So (laughs) I'm just saying, make sure you share, when you're sharing somebody else's story, that you have their permission. Uh, The title of this is Seeing the Unseen. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, you'll find out. Um, many times in your life, you've probably been surprised by experiencing the unexpected, okay? I'm sure we've all done this at one time or another. Uh, What do you do in that situation? How do you handle the experience? So, let's start with Mary. Mary was just a teenager. She was living the life. She was engaged to Joseph, and all of a sudden, this unexpected thing happens to her. So, looking forward to the marriage of Joseph, never suspecting or anticipating what was going to happen. So, let's read her story. And I'm reading out of the Message Bible. Um, I looked at several different versions, but I really liked the way this put it. Mary. Okay, we're going to look in Luke 1. God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Isn't that amazing? How he shared with her how God felt about her. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. So at this point, what do you think? I mean, if an angel appeared to you, And said, you know, you're blessed. God sees you. And I have a message for you. Well, we could get into fear. Okay, what have I done? (laughs) How am I going to correct this? But no, God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. Wow. You know, that's pretty awesome. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. 
no end ever to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, but how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son, old as she is? Now, this, this, that statement in itself began to rise up in Mary and think, wow, look at what else God is doing. Everyone called her barren, and she's six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. And Mary said, yes, I see it all now. I'm the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. And the angel left her. Oh, wow, what an amazing story and an answer from Mary. It was easy to see how she was designed to be the carrier of our Lord. How she had maturity at such a young age. Think about teenagers this day and time. Do you think they would have the maturity to answer as she did? Probably not. But God had grown her up. And how do you think you would have answered? Remembering back when you were a teenager, for some of us it's a longer distance than others. But remembering back, how would you have answered if the Lord had come to you and told you something so huge? Seeing the unseen, blessing and honor that Mary would carry was huge. So she didn't fully understand, but she was going to walk it out anyway. Would you be afraid to accept something so big? Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that is monumental to think about what she was accepting Our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior, he was fully God and fully man. And yet he knew and saw the unseen in his own life. Okay, the first point that I want to make is the miracle, the first miracle. He knew that his time had not come. And yet he gave direction to the servers that produced a miracle. What I'm talking about. And Tracy was referring to that earlier when we talked, is the wedding that he went to, and that was the first miracle. So let's read in John 2. Three days later, there was a wedding in the village of Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus and his disciple were guests also. When they started running low on wine at the wedding banquet, Jesus' mother told him, they're just about out of wine. What do you think he was thinking at that point? He was thinking, wait a minute, Mom. It's not my time yet. And this is what he said. That is, is that any of our business, Mother? Yours or mine? It isn't my time. Don't push me. Wow. (laughs) Jesus was kind of pushing back on that one, wasn't he? She went ahead anyway. So she totally disregarded what he said, as mothers always sometimes, most of the time, do with their children. She told the servants, 
Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Six stones of uh, stoneware pots were there. This was used by the Jews for ritual washing. Each held 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. Now fill your pitchers and take them to the host, Jesus said, and they did. When the host tasted the water that had become wine, he didn't know what had just happened, but, but the servants, of course, did. He knew, and he called out to the bridegroom, everybody knows that with their finest wines, they wait until the guests have had their fill of the cheap stuff, and you save the best for last. Or you save the, you, but you save the best for now, I'm sorry. And so this act in Canaan of Galilee was the first sign Jesus gave the glimpse of his glory, and his disciple believed in him. So Jesus was able to see the unseen. He was able, because he was fully God and fully man, he could see these things. So we're going to look at a second instance of being able to see the unseen, the betrayal of Jesus by Judas. Luke 22. All right. It says, do you realize that the hand of the one who is betraying me is at this moment on this table? It's true that the son of man is going down a path already marked out. No surprises there. But for the one who turns him in turns traitor to the son of man. This is doomsday. They immediately became suspicion of each other, suspicious of each other and began quizzing one another, wondering who might do this. This is another instance of Jesus being fully God and fully man was able to see the unseen. Now, no one else in that room saw it, but he did. Here's a third instance, the Garden of Gethsemane. He saw what was unseen by others, but he accepted his destiny. We're going to read again. Let's see where that's. I have the verse here, but I don't have the chapter. I think it's John. No, it's Mark. Mark 14. And it says, they came to an area called Gethsemane. Jesus told his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him. He sank into a pit of suffocating darkness. Can you imagine? He felt that heaviness. He knew what was going to happen. He told them, I feel bad enough right now to die. Stay here and keep vigil with me. Going a little ahead, he fell to the ground and prayed for a way out. Papa, Father, you can, can't you? Get me out of this. Take this cup away from me, but please, not what I want. What do you want? Here's another instance. He saw, he knew, because he was fully God and fully man, 
of what was to, to transpire. But yet he accepted his destiny. He knew that God could change that, but he knew he wouldn't. We don't always get the opportunity to see when we, then the expected comes along or what the outcome will be. Um, I had an example of someone in our life group. We met last week, and she allowed me to share this with you. She was so adamantly opposed to serving as a greeter, and she said she could never do that. It was just not in her personality. She was timid, but God had a different plan. It was an unexpected ending because she thought, well, you know, if I do this, I'm just going to fall on my face or I'm not going to be able to follow through with it. She loves greeting now. She's really good at it. And so she couldn't see what God saw. She couldn't see the unseen. He had a purpose and a plan for her. And part of that purpose was to be able to greet others as they come in, to find out about them, to let them see a friendly face when they came in that door, and to show them their seat or show them where they could sit. So she's an amazing woman of God. Connie Wessel. I know you know her. She is awesome. So here was another instance of her not being able to see what God saw. God saw something very special in Connie that no one else did. Or maybe others did, but she didn't see it in herself. We're going to look at another woman that was taken back by unexpected compassion shown to her. Let's read Luke 7. One of the Pharisees asked him over for a meal. He went to the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then, a woman of the village, the town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in the home of the Pharisee, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume and stood at his feet. Weeping and raining tears on his feet, letting down her hair, she dried his feet, kissed them, and anointed them with perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was a prophet, I thought he would have known what kind of woman this is who was falling all over him. Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. So he proceeded to tell the story. Two men were in debt to a banker. One owed 500 silver pieces, the other 50. Neither of them would pay up, so the banker canceled both debts. How awesome of that banker to do that. He didn't have to, but he did. Which of the two would be more grateful? <clears throat> Simon answered, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. Of course. It was the one that was forgiven the most. That's right, Jesus said, then turning to the woman and speaking to Simon. So he was looking at the woman, but he was actually speaking to Simon. Do you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, 
but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. Excuse me, I need a little drink of water. She gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she's very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. Then he spoke to her, I forgive your sins. That set the dinner guest talking behind his back. Who does he think he is forgiving sins? He ignored them and said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We see here that this woman decided to accept the forgiveness that only Jesus could give and chose to be a servant, worshiper, and a listener of what her Lord was saying. Her faith saved her, and she was able to go in peace. We're going to look at Simon Peter now. Simon Peter was going to be able to see what was unseen. God saw it, but Simon Peter didn't. In Luke 5, once when he was standing on the shore of the lake, Gesonet, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. The fishermen had just left them and were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat that was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Sitting there using the boat for a pulpit, he taught the crowd. When finished teaching, he said to Simon, push out into the deep water and let your nets out for a catch. Well, the story behind this is they had been fishing and they had caught nothing. Nothing at all. And this was unusual. So Simon said, Master, we've been fishing hard all night and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. It was no sooner said than done. A huge haul of fish straining the nets past capacity. They waved to their partners in other boats to come help them. They filled the, both boats, nearly swamping them with catch. Sodom Peter, when he saw it, fell to his knees before Jesus. Master, leave. I'm a sinner. I can't handle this holiness. Leave me to myself. When they pulled in that catch of fish, an awe overwhelmed Simon and everyone with him. It was the same with James and John Zebedee's son, co-workers with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, there's nothing to fear. From now on, you'll be fishing for men and women. They pulled their boats on the beach, left them nets and all, and followed him. So Simon was able to physically see what Jesus saw. Jesus knew. He knew that if they went out and cast their nets again into the deep water, what would transpire? But it took obedience. Simon could have said no. He could have gone back in and said, oh, well, we'll just have to try it another day. But he was obedient. 
and doing what they were told to do, to see the miracle and to see what Jesus saw as unseen, they were able to see. A lot of C's in that, right? S-E-A and (laughs) S-E-E. Little pun there. So also, he was able to see what was unseen by Jesus saying, now you're going to be fishers of men and women. Not just fish, not just that physical, but in the spiritual realm too. Now I'm going to give you a little personal story of what I didn't see at first in my own life. Late in life, my first husband and I had a decision to go to Christ for the Nations. And when we moved, well, first of all, when we told our friends, they went, no way. They just couldn't see that. And we didn't know what was going to happen. But we moved from a nice-sized home to a little bitty apartment. (laughs) It was like 600 square foot. And... Our friends would call and say, don't you miss your house? I know you miss us. Well, of course we did miss them, but we didn't miss the big house. And so that was a contentment. We couldn't see that. It was unseen to us what would happen. One of the main things is I started loving Israel. Christ for the Nations is known for their support of Israel. They have the Israeli flag flying on the campus, as well as the U.S. flag. So uh, Mom Lindsay and Gordon Lindsay, I call her Mom Lindsay, I knew her pretty well. She and Gordon made that a point to support Israel from the very beginning. And their daughter, Shira, Sokoram, she lives in Israel, has lived in Israel for years. So a lot of their focus is sending people out into the world to further the gospel, whether that be in the marketplace or that be in the mission field, wherever it be. But the emphasis, again, is on Israel. So that love for Israel, I'd read about Israel I'd read the Bible, but I didn't have that deep love for Israel till I went there. So God was beginning to do a new thing. And you know what? New beginning says the same thing. So from that time, and that was in 2004, I learned how to love Israel. The first time I went to Israel, I have a miracle story. My back was hurting and And the Lord really spoke to me, and he said, when you put your feet on my ground, you'll be healed. So it wasn't when we arrived at the airport. It wasn't when we got on the bus. It was when I took my feet, my sandals off, and put my feet on his earth that my back popped, and it was healed. It was amazing. So God began to show me miracles I had a lot of miracles up until that time, but never in Israel. Then life happens. So that husband, he got cancer again. And on the fourth 
trip to Israel, he was very, very sick. And I did not know. I didn't see it. But when we got back, he lived three more months and then passed. Well, people look at that sometimes and say, well, you know, didn't you pray for a miracle? Of course I did. But that wasn't the plan that God had for me and for him. I remained ever joyful. And God gave me that joy. He saw things that I didn't see. But he remembered how he spoke that word to me about Israel and my love for Israel. I had a smart man, a friend, a a girlfriend's husband that spoke to me. And she said, you just need to be a frog. And I said, a what? He said, fully relying on God. So I still use that acronym with some people when they're going through stuff and I tell them the story. So God saw that I needed to be that frog, never being alone again. From the age of 17, I was married and I was married 36 years. So I'd never been by myself. So this was something that the Lord saw that I didn't see. Reflecting back, I can see a lot of those things that he's done. They hired me to be a coordinator at Crossroad Nations. My first husband and I were ordained because we were going to move to Israel. We were going to be a part of a Christian Friends of Israel staff there. But things changed. And Crossroad Nations hired me. So that was a new opportunity. God was setting me up all along. Those circumstances that I didn't see, he saw. I never stopped learning. Now, here is an amazing part. The love story that my husband and I have now is amazing. He had a connection to Cross for the Nations. I had a connection to Cross for the Nations. And he lived in Odessa and I lived in Dallas. So how was God going to do this? He did. If you want to know exactly how, we'll take you to lunch and we'll share our story. It's amazing. So it was no coincidence. As Pastor Larry says, there's no such word as coincidence. So he knew someone that I knew. And we didn't pass each other's past. We were at the same place. We've shared notes. And we were at some of the same conferences at the same time. But it wasn't the right timing. So God has a plan for your life. God took a situation that at times didn't look like I thought my life would look like. And he set unexpected difference in a new trajectory for my life. I'll continue to be aware of what he has done and will continue to do. We all have a choice as to how we handle things that come our way. Do we choose to embrace the challenges and changes that come in life? Seeing the unseen? One way we can do that is by faith. Hebrews 11.1. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. 
It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. Another point is sticking it out. No matter the outcome, do we always get to see the plan unfold? No, we don't. Sometimes we just have to go on faith. We just have to step out there in faith and say, I don't see the unseen, but you do. Because he sees it all. So putting our action into our faith. Hebrews 11 says, By an act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. It was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. That's what God noticed and approved as righteous. After all these centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. And by an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. So did Enoch see that? No. He didn't see what was unseen, but God saw it. We know on the basis of the reliable testimony that before he was taken, he pleased God. Wow. I want that said about me is that I pleased God. Is it impossible to please God apart from faith? And why? It is impossible. Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Another example is Noah. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of the dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see. Here again, that not being able to see and stepping out in faith is also proved true. And he was able to do that. He was able to step forth and build that ark without having to see what God saw. How many of you are facing something that you don't see right now? Okay. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to pray and ask the Lord to open our eyes? Are we going to walk by faith? Are we going to decide that today is the day that we take that act of faith and it's an act, it's an action that we have to do. We have to permit ourselves to be who God called us to be and have the time that he has invested in us to do those things. By an act of faith, another example is Abram said yes to God. You know, he was called to an unknown place that would become his home. Just as I was called to cross for the nations to eventually be able to marry this man 
and have an amazing life that God provided for me. And at that time, I had no earthly idea. I didn't know the trajectory of my life. I didn't know what God had before me. So I had to walk daily, faith by faith. When Abram left, he had no idea where he was going, but an act of faith, he lived in the country, promised him. How many of you have promises that are unfulfilled? Okay, we all have. Lots of times we have those promises and we put our spin on them. It's not really what God promised us, but in our intellect, we keep on thinking, okay, this is the way this is going to play out. Remember, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are different than our thoughts. So as we go forward in those promises, just continue to stand on that word that you know you've been given a promise, and it's up to him to fulfill it. He could only do his part as we do what we have to do. Step out in faith and believe that God's word is true. Step out in faith and see the unseen. Ask the Lord to show you. Show you where those promises or those things that we've waited for are. He'll reveal it to you in his timing. We live in a fast society that says, I want it now. We all do. That instant society. But it's just like putting a roast in a slow cooker. It's so much more delicious when it has time to settle and cook slowly. So the aroma of his presence fills the atmosphere. It fills our heart. And we are able to walk in that that he's called us to walk in. By faith, Sarah was barren. She was able to to become pregnant. An old woman at the time that she was. Now, she could have never seen that. She didn't see that. But God's word was spoken to her. And she had to grasp a hold of that and say, I believe that. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe that. And she believed the one who made the promise would do what he said he would do. That's how it happened. From one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now people numbering into the millions. Think about that. So God's vision for us, even though we don't see it, He does. So we have to have faith. We have to put that faith into action. And then we have to continue to stand. So it's up to you. Are you going to choose to embrace the unseen? Walking in that thing that we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But we do know that he is a good God and he has a good plan for our life. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for today. Father, I thank you for your word going forth, Father. Let anything that was not of you just 
go harmlessly away, Father. Lord, we commit to be those people of faith, to be able to see the unseen and even when we don't see it, be able to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we give you all the honor, glory, and praise, and we thank you for what you're already doing and what you will continue to do in our lives. In the precious, mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, amen. Thank you for your time.